Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And get ready because Duff McKagan is back with another original, amazing joke of the week. Hi, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan coming to you from my garage band on my Mac. Uh, this story I have a little too long for your voicemail. My wife Sue and I were over in Wenatchee, Washington. That's uh, near the gorge in central eastern Washington. Uh, we were driving back over the mountains the other day. Nice country roads, and uh, we were just having a nice drive. And I saw a sign outside of a house that said, uh, Talking Dog for Sale. And, uh, well, that, that piqued our interest, and we pulled over. And we, I went to the, uh, the front door, the guy, and I said, you have a talking dog for sale? He said, yeah, he's around back. So, go ahead. So I went around back, uh, Sue and I did, that is, and uh, there was a nice uh, yellow lab dog back there. And, uh, you know, I said, what do you do? I, I said, uh, so you, uh, you talk, doc? And the dog said, yeah, yeah, sure, I talk. Now, we were in a bit of shock. It took us a second to kind of recover from that. And uh, I said, so, uh, okay, well, what's your story? I'm talking to the dog. He says, well, as a, as a young pup, I uh, realized I could understand English and actually speak it just fine, too. So I thought that was kind of important. Um, I went to the government to see if I could do some good things, you know, with my talent. Uh, they immediately put me into the CIA, and uh, they sent me over to Europe, actually all around the world, and I went into, like, you know, I'm a dog. So I can just kind of go into uh, meetings, you know, of, of uh, rival governments, and uh, I would, uh, like, hang out with the spies. I was a dog. They didn't know I was a uh, counter-spy, and I would hear all the conversations, and I'd report back. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of medals and accommodations for that. And uh, after eight years of that, so much travel, so much travel, I decided to just come back to Washington. And uh, I, met a, I met a girl, and uh, we had a whole slew of puppies. And I got a job at the local airport here. And I actually, you know, because I'm a dog. Again, they think I'm a drug-sniffing dog or something, but I'm not. Uh, and I actually could hear conversations. I thwarted a couple plots. Uh, got, again, I got some more medals for that, and uh, I did that for a couple of years, and I just, now I'm just retired. I'm done. I'm done working. I'm, I'm tired. You know, I got the kids, got the wife. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I'm like, that's, a, that's amazing. I went around to the front of the house to the, to the guy again. I said, well, how much do you want for this talking dog? He said, uh, well, just, just 10 bucks. I'm like, 10 bucks for this talking dog? I mean, that's an incredible price. You know, and he goes, yeah, but all that stuff he told you. He's lying. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Uh, that's definitely the longest Duff joke of the week ever. Uh, went uh, a long way for that punchline. But hey, we love Duff for never missing a Friday ever in uh, two years now he's been doing this. And he always gets the weekend started with a laugh or, or a groan like that one. Uh, but Duff is heading out on the tenderness tour in a few weeks. They're going to be in Europe and then doing another round of dates in the States next month. Check out all the gigs and get your tickets at DuffOnline.com. All right, today, real-life exorcist Rachel Stavis returns with more creepy stories about ridding entities from people and places and how what she does is different than what Catholic Church and the priests do. She's also talking about the different entities she sees, her own scary experiences with the paranormal, and what she does to cleanse and protect herself. And if you think you got an unwanted attachment uh, uh, yourself, Rachel will tell you what you can do to get rid of it. So let's get to Rachel Stavis now on Talk is Jericho.
So I guess a couple years ago, uh, Rachel Davis was here. Um, That's the right. Exorcist, the only exorcist I've ever met. Yeah, still. Yes, <laughs> and since then, it's like you have all these really cool, great projects going on. And I'm going to say it was specifically because of talk is your talk is Jericho. Uh, what else could it be, honestly? Right. Nothing. I mean, nothing, right? Nothing. Because we had such a, a great conversation. You were discussing, you know, your style of exorcisms, <laughs> exercising, <laughs> right. whatever it yes. may be. Which is very different, as we said, even then, than what you usually see in movies or TV. You right. Know? Just as a quick recap, most of the TVs you, stuff you see in the movie is the exorcist where, you know, be gone, spirit, and rah, spirit comes out. But you you saw more of attachments and that sort of thing. Right, yeah. So what I do, as I've, I've said before, so sorry for everyone who's heard it before, mm. um, but it's energy-based, and I believe that all possession is energy-based. So when you see it like in movies where it's like, here's the priest, and he's throwing some holy water, and he's like, I'm just going to say a name, and poof, it's going to go, or nine times out of ten, it doesn't. Mm. You know, everybody dies or whatever. Right, the end. <laughs> uh, that's not really... I, it doesn't really work that way. Not mm. to say that that might not be effective, but that, again, to me, is because of the energy. So, you know, I, I probably already said this before. So, again, I apologize if we're doing this twice. It was a few twice. years ago, so just to yeah. bring, bring, bring me up to snuff. Okay, so, you know, I've always been able to see entity, I call it entity, with my eyes uh, since day one, it seems. <laughs> mm. And, uh, you know, how people complain about monsters under the bed and monsters in the closet and parents come in, whatever. It, they'd say it wasn't there and it would be there. But I learned very quickly that that's crazy. <laughs> and you don't discuss that because mm -hmm. then you're crazy. Right. You know, so I didn't. And I just kind of tried to push it out, block it out as well as I could. And then, you know, hit, a, you know, we don't need to say how old I am, but hit an, an age <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly couldn't block it out anymore for whatever reason, too much stress or too much whatever, too many things. Who knows what it was? Um, but I couldn't block it out as well anymore. And so, you know, I had to make a choice and it was either like check myself in, you know, or sit down with the scotch <laughs> and be like, what the hell is this? Whoever yeah. gave this to me, right. you people up there, <laughs> mm -hmm. can you can you help me out? Yeah. What is the purpose? And of course, I chose the scotch and many scotches later, <laughs> uh, you know, I I started to figure out what this was for. And so, you know, we're talking about negative entities, low-frequency attachments. So we all walk around with what I call a baseline frequency. It's kind of how, you know, we relate to ourselves, the self-talk, how we talk to other people, how conscious we are, all of these things. And I always say it's like a ladder, you know, a scale of 1 to 10, you know, 1 being dead and 10 being Buddha. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Most people are like 4, <laughs> 4 and a half if they're lucky. Right. And you can work on that and become a better person and all these wonderful things that we always talk about. And that could raise that vibration, bring you up. But that takes time. The thing that actually takes it away immediately, that's very fast moving, unfortunately, is trauma. So when we have a trauma, that baseline frequency takes a hit. We're now in low frequency and that's how those things attach. So mm. to get them out, we have to use high frequency. So when a priest does it and you see the holy water and all this, they're pulling in that Jesus energy, mm -hmm. right? I hear the guy is pretty high frequency. <laughs> so it's still doing the same thing I do. It's just different. Right. If right, that makes right. sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And when you're seeing the attachments, are they, are they the little beasties or is it a shape or what is it that you're seeing? So the, my book kind of goes over the most common. What's your book called again? Sister of Darkness. Right. Uh, came out uh, a year ago, and I, the paperback just came out, which oh, is great. cool. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of go over it a little bit. Like, there are 
I don't know how this, it always sounds so crazy. I know everything I say sounds crazy and I always say that, but it's like there are species of entity, right, if you will, that, yeah. right? So some are, you know, what I call Clives because they look like Clive Barker drawings to me because it's very scientific, you know? Yeah. I had I had all the science yeah, behind course, me. The Clives, <laughs> You know, look like Clive Barker drawings. But that's creepy though because Clive Barker draws some pretty crazy looking stuff. <laughs> he does, right? yeah. yeah. And those are kind of the lowest of the low in terms of like, you know, they're they're not high up the food chain, I guess is what I'm saying. They're they're the most common attachment. Mm-hmm. They kind of look like a face hugger meet a meets a brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people are walking around with that and they don't even know. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, amplifies. So if you are sad, you're depressed. If you're depressed, you're suicidal. You know, if you're angry, you have rage. It, it's the thing that makes everything worse. Mm. Um, and it's one of those things that a lot of people are carrying. And if you think about it, you can think about who you know who has that. Mm. Like you you know who has it. Mm-hmm. And people can have something like that and also release it. Like get rid of it over time without even knowing they had it. Because mm. it's the easy to get, easy to lose. Really? <laughs> so you could get rid of it just on your own? As long as you're raising that frequency, the more, the better you become, there's the less there is to feed on. There's nothing to feed on. It so goes you're away. Frequency, ipso facto positivity. It sounds ridiculous. Like I know it does, but kind of yes. But it has to be real. That's yeah. the thing. You can't just be faking it and going out through the day like Richard Corey, you know, where you, you're like the king of everything and then you go kill yourself. It's nothing like that. Like you mm-hmm. have to actually be working on yourself and but that really makes sense that. though. I mean, a positive attitude always leads to a better feeling than yes. being negative, right? It's true. And the more you live, again, this is this is where we start getting into this space of like, beyond the paranormal and into the the new age, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the new agey stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like the more you the more you live consciously and the more you live in a space of gratitude, the better you become. Mm. And the more you attract. You know, if we're talking about Abraham Hicks and like, you know, the secret and all of those things, there's a truth in that. The what you put out, you receive. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. You know, like you can't you can't create your life by being a victim. You know, the more you are in victim mentality, the less creation you do Makes for sense. the things that you want, right? Yeah. So, because you're like, everything external is bad. <laughs> so that's what you keep getting. You reinforce that. When you are not in that space and you're in a space of everything is great, I'm abundant, things are wonderful, that's what you get. Mm. It's really simple, actually, mm. the way attachment works is the same way all of those energies work. So you're talking about Clives and then what are some of the other uh, species? So... You know, next we kind of go into what's unfortunately very common are wraiths. And wraiths are the ones that are attached to sexual dysfunction. Hmm. Um, So that could be anything from molestation, rape, even to be exposed to something too early. Uh, And those are the ones that are, they create night terrors. What most people see as shades, you know, Hmm. like you did in the movie Ghost, I always say. You remember Hmm. those guys? (laughs) Sort of like that. That's kind of how they appear to people because people do see them sometimes. And they also do um, that uh, sleep paralysis and the heaviness on the chest. Because you hear about that quite a bit. It felt like somebody was lying on my chest. Yes, yes. And there are lots of studies into that. Some scientists believe it's a lot of different things. And then, of course, all the paranormal people believe it's something else. And really, nobody's ever really figured it out. But what I see is that. And so oftentimes when people do have a wraith, they'll see that. They'll see that shadowy figure and feel those things at the same time. Mm. And then up to tricksters, which are, 
exactly what they sound like. You know, they kind of convince you that there's something super easygoing, like nonchalant, like a deceased relative, uh, imaginary friends to children, uh, archangels. Even people believe that they have archangels with them that are not archangels. Mm. And you'll know because your life is a shit show. <laughs> you know, if you have an archangel with you, I'm pretty sure everything be going great. <laughs> right. So it's really hard to say you have an archangel with you when everything's going terribly mm. around you. And I've I've met many people who thought that, and I was like, well, let's take it out and see. Right. <laughs> it, is it hard for you to like just walk down the street and like see stuff on people? Like, but you can't tell everybody that there's stuff. Yeah, you know, like I I always say this too. It's not like I'm a medium. Because, you know, everybody loves a medium. Mediums can walk around with the sight, you know, and see a stranger and see their deceased loved one and go up to them and be like, oh, your grandmother says she loves you and everybody's weeping and hugging. I don't get that. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't go up to someone I don't know and say, hi, so I think maybe you were molested and here's the thing with you. Why don't you just let me take it out? Right, 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 right. <laughs> because it's so controversial anyway that these things even exist. And mm -hmm. then how crazy again well, you are. You can and, see it, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. All of these things. Right. All of it, you know. When you see something and somebody does say, let's, Rachel, come help me, how do you get rid of the, the attachments? So again, we're talking about moving high frequency through the body spirit system. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So calling in, let's say, high beings. You know, different high beings, because as above, so below, right? Thank mm -hmm. goodness there are high beings and low beings. Pulling in that energy, whatever you want to call it, even if you don't call it high beings, you know, spirit, universe, good feelings, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever. You're pulling in that high conscious aware energy and you're flooding someone's body spirit system with that. You're forcing it. So when that happens, the entity that's attached gets uncomfortable. Out it comes. Then you can do away with it. Have you ever uh, met or had any, had any experiences with the the kind of tried and true exorcisms, exorcists, the Catholic style? Yes. Um, I've been able to kind of uh, witness, be part of a couple. And it's really interesting because some priests are really cool. <laughs> you know, like not every priest is like uh, against what I do. And, you know, like I used to think that beforehand until the book went public and all of these things went public and I was on like... Uh, I can tell you this story, but I was on like Dr. Oz and whatever. Yeah. So people see you. And so you get to to partake with people who do this in a different way. Mm. And some priests have been very open to it and very interested and, and also agree like there's something to it. So that's been really interesting to see. And then, of course, you have traditional tried and true, which is like none of this exists. Everything is demonic except us. <laughs> but that's why I always thought that you had you had a, a great future because you have this this power that nobody has. But like you said, the way that you look as well, you go on Doctor <laughs> Oz and people are going to see you. You're not a Catholic priest with a not collar and a you know what I mean. You're the exact opposite of that. Right. So I can see a lot of people kind of discounting you just because of that. Yeah. Oh yes, and being female and a whole female, bunch of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true. You know, I. It's really, I think I told you this last time. I can't remember if we got into it or not, but I never was going to go public with this. Hmm. This was not something that I wanted to make a thing. Um, largely because I didn't charge people for it. Like, I, And still, most of the time uh, when I take people, I don't, I don't even accept donation in person. But it wasn't my job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a calling, right? Something like I had. And so... I never was going to make it like a business or anything like that. And uh, I also was 
a little worried about going public because I do look how I do and mm. I, I do things the way I do and I know they're working. And so there's all that controversy on top of that. But then, you know, a few things happened that kind of forced the hand to go public. You know, people just found out about it. And then people who were, you know, reporters found out about it. And then, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, you know how it goes. It and just, so on and so on, yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy because it's so controversial a subject anyway, you know, that people get real bothered real quick. So I've had death threats, you know, like I'm pretty sure there's like YouTube videos about what a false idol I am. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because if you know me, which you know me, mm -hmm. that's, I've, I've never claimed to be like, I've never wanted to like change people's minds or make yeah. them see what I see or start a church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I've never wanted to do that. It's like, believe what you want to believe. It doesn't right. affect what I do. Like I got to do what I got to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's weird to see that. You know, yeah. like it's weird to go public with something, anything. Sure. And then suddenly have people like give a shit what's going on and like make YouTubes and do all this weird stuff. Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. this is odd. And then on top of that with this, it's extra weird. It's interesting. I did a, a show for the Travel Channel and it was um, searching for kind of the, the swamp monsters of New Orleans, whatever the hell. Uh, I love that. Whatever. But it was all tied in around this voodoo priestess and this flood that had taken place a hundred years ago where dozens of people were killed. And we were in the bayous and there was an area that they thought was the burial ground. So they have all the, you know, all the ghost hunters that were there. And there's a couple uh, apparatuses that they have. I can't remember what it's called. Something that it, it lights up if there's any activity. Oh, like an EMF reader? Yes. And I, I had a machete and I stuck it in the ground and when I stuck it in the ground, I held the, the EMF and it went full green. And everyone was like, we've never seen this before. I'm like, come on. They're like, no, we've never seen this. It's crazy. Blah, 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 blah. And then they had this other kind of a electronic screen where you could see little weird dancing, almost like you said, like imps or tricksters. And there was an area on my arm. If I go away, it's not green. And if I go here, it's completely green. And... Based on the story short, when I stuck the machete in the ground, I think I pissed off spirits. Yeah, maybe. And I pulled the machete out and it was gone. But that time frame right on my arm, right here. And I was I was thinking about it. So I got to call Rachel. I got an attachment on my arm type of a thing. But but you could you could f see it with this, this machine, the EMF thing. And it wasn't bullshit because I looked for a button. No one else was holding it, just me. And it's like nothing green, nothing, nothing, nothing green, always at the same spot. Wow. You know, and you see and you see that that side of it, you can believe that something maybe was attached, maybe something maybe it still is. I don't know. Maybe you can see it. <laughs> but point being it's like that sort of stuff and knowing you and what we had spoken about last time, I remember like guys were kind of laughing. I was like, This is not funny. Like I'm not this is not fun anymore. Like I don't want to do this. Let's no, get the hell out of here. You feel you know? it. You do. Yes. I felt that's the almost thing. nauseous. Like like I got off a roller right. coaster. Exactly. And that's that's the thing that you can't deny. And unless you put yourself in a position to be open to feeling something, which you are, you do. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, I feel like the reason people are so skeptical is because of fear. It's very fear-based, right? Not always, but but most of the time, the people who are absolutely closed-minded about things, they're afraid of believing in this. They're right. afraid of feeling it. They're afraid of it. 
maybe also because of that cognitive dissonance that, you know, it, it causes because it's like they have a certain belief system, a certain set of values. And to open yourself up to that may change everything, mm -hmm. you know, right. You know, but when you go through a situation like that, you can feel it. Even someone who is not super sensitive energetically, if they allow themselves to just be like, okay, I'm open, I'm in this space that's supposed to be whatever, am I feeling anything? If it's there, you will feel it. Mm -hmm. People feel entity all the time on other people. They just don't know that's what they're feeling. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they'll be in a space, you know, I don't know, Starbucks or whatever. And here's this person and they're just like, ugh, I got a real bad situation from that. A bad vibe from somebody, right? Yeah. Nine times out of 10, that's entity attachment that they're feeling. Hmm. Yeah. So what, what else did you talk about in Sister of Darkness? Did you book? Well, aside from, you know, which, which specific entities, you know, that I see mostly, we talked about uh, something that people don't think about a lot, which are possessed spaces. So we talk about possession. There's always like, you know, here's a person and it's attached to the person and now we got to get it out of the person. Fair enough. But we never really talk about the spaces that an entity can inhabit. So, mm. you know, there are two major ones that we see that take over spaces and it's usually not houses. So let me just say that because you know you're going to get like a thousand people who are like, I think I have an entity in my house. No, that's you. You have an entity mm. <laughs> if it's in your house, most likely, unless your house is like, Amityville. <laughs> Usually what entities do when they're talking about spaces, when we're talking about spaces, is uh, they take over high traffic areas. So areas like hotels, areas like sound stages, areas like big buildings that lots of people go into. Mm -hmm. um, collectors, for example. Collectors are entities that are higher up on the food chain because you got to be smart to start doing things like this. Mm -hmm. And they take over um, spaces where there's been mass trauma and a lot of people have passed. Mm. They use those souls that are trapped in that area because when there's high trauma, there's usually some, it's not really trapped, but they don't, they're afraid to move on. They will take those souls and use them like batteries to scare the living. Mm. So it's high traffic, people coming in, plus that space that had trauma. So it's like playground, complete playground. And then you have the worst of the worst, which is what I call a realm walker, which is what most people I think think of as the devil, because I've realm never seen the walker. devil. Realm walker. Realm. realm. Movement, right? Because it can do anything. It can do absolutely everything that everything underneath it can do. That's the most high-powered attachment you can have. Yes. And it also can be uh, attached to buildings and spaces. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about this last yeah, time, yeah, the yeah. Cecil Hotel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, a hotel here downtown that absolutely does have a realm walker and has for, I mean, what, since the 20s. Can you see a realm walker? Yes. Yes. Is it, is that, is it hard for you to have to combat that sort of a um, species? I've only dealt with that in a person. And yes, it's the hardest. It's the hardest. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I still have big plans to go into that Cecil Hotel and take it down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's going to be a whole thing when we do that, actually. Seems like it's a show just waiting to happen. It, it's, it is. Right. I mean, hint, hint, we're, yeah. we may be doing it. Hint, right, hint. Right, 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 right. 
Um, but yes, still it is. And and it's also, you know, what people don't understand, and I, I will say this because I've had so many um, things now that I'm going to be doing for television, like appearance-wise and, and actually doing exorcisms in this way. But it's so funny because sometimes you'll get the producer calling you for something and they'll be like, okay, so can you do like the Cecil Hotel in an hour? And we're just going <laughs> to... And I'm like, no. Right. Like, you don't just sit in a lobby and take out some smoke and go, it's done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that's a 13 floors. It's hundreds of rooms. Like, you have to go into every single space. You cannot leave a stone unturned. You have to get all that out. You can't just, like, sit and, you know, light a frankincense and call it a day. So, but it's not <laughs> So it's not just, like, a realm walker. Like, you're going to open a room and he's going to be like, hey. Like, it's going to no. be permeating throughout the whole. It's the whole space. Gotcha. It's when it's when it takes over a space, that energy is throughout the entire space. You can't let it hide anywhere. Mm. Nowhere. You gotta go in, you gotta do it. <laughs> so you gotta go room by room, space by space. You do, and you need security people during that time. You need like you need so much because you don't know what's gonna happen. Why do you need security? Because like so for example, with that particular entity. That entity has taken over so many men who have then murdered women in that space. Really? So you need protection in case it affects anyone, mm. which it can. It, that particular entity has taken over hordes of people downtown at one time. I mean, I think, I think we've talked about this before. Like I was walking downtown one day and I would have three or four homeless people come up to me saying the same thing that that thing was saying. Huh. Because it knows and I know. And so, right. you know, we're on each other's radar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. to speak, they don't like you. Yeah. They don't like you. No, they don't. They don't want to be, you know, destroyed. They, mm -hmm. they're, they like their happy uh, mayhem. <laughs> Is that something when, when you see this or know that it's there, it makes you feel like something in the pit of your stomach? Like, oh shit, it's nauseating. I mm -hmm. mean, that's the thing. I can't be close to that. I it, let me say this. I was at a dinner once. I don't know, six months ago, and I didn't realize where we were going. I, I, I didn't like map it out, you know, cause I wasn't driving. So we end up real close to that hotel. I had to leave twice because I could feel that energy so much that oftentimes it'll feel like anxiety. Um, but it's actually bombardment. It's coming from outside. Mm. I had to excuse myself twice just to get through that dinner because I was so close to it. Mm. But I won't go into that hotel until I'm ready to take it out. You would have to be like, it's like training for a big fight or something. <laughs> kind right? of, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, I think that's one of the things, like you said, for, for reality TV is they just want run and done. But it might take a month or weeks to do that. I mean, even the filming of that, you're not talking about a one-hour filming. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about like days and days and days. I'm mm. like how much of a commitment are you putting into this one-hour special, sir? Because it's going to cost a lot. There's going to be a lot going on. It's right. going to be days and days of work. Like, And you're going to feel it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you have no idea what's going to happen in a space. I mean, you don't when you work on people either, but because, you know, when you do television, you do these kinds of things for television or any ghost hunting show or any of these kinds of things. Like, I feel like people want to see. They want to see something. Yeah. Right? They're all geared up to yeah. see something. And it's really hard to predict what you're going to see. There's no way I can tell you. Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to it's going to look exactly like this, right? <laughs> you right, right. know, it's always different. 
But with the space, you're almost guaranteed you're going to see something because with the space, it's going to try, especially something that strong is going to fight back. It's going to be cocky. It's going to be abrasive. So what I mean by that is you'll have things like sinks coming off of walls, mm. things crumbling, things just trying to mess with you, people getting sick, people will get sick, mm. uh, people will get injured. It's, real, it's a real daunting task, you know? Very draining, probably emotionally, spiritually draining, right? Very. That's the kind of thing that you do where you can't move for a week after. Literally? Yes. Wow. Yes. I don't really talk a lot about the fallout of doing this kind of work, but there's quite a lot. Because you do a lot of stuff, I've seeing on your Instagram and stuff, or you do stuff on um, Skype. Yes, here and there. People. I do try. Like, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to do it, but I do open it up every once in a while because I get so many messages mm -hmm. about people who need help. But you still refuse to take any payment. You know, with the Skype one, sometimes I will, but but largely in person, I won't. And the reason why is because the Skype ones are harder <laughs> mm. than anything because they're not not even cleansings necessarily, but just the the uh, connecting to people's energies from distance is very very mm. hard. So people don't know this because I don't really talk about this. But if I do, let's say five Skype, just they're just sessions, just talking to people, just kind of feeling out what's going on with them and telling them how to fix it and all of this. For three days after that, I, I'll be ill. Hmm. Like fatigued, sick sometimes, flu-like symptoms, can't move again. It's, it's so much energy. Wow. Like so, so, so much. And I try to always, even during those times, I always try and do charity events for people. Like we'll do Skypes that, you know, or, or for charity or for, you know, they can donate to their favorite charity or some, I'll have one that I want them to donate to. I'll also give one away pretty much every time. Hmm. So I try, I try to keep it balanced, you know, right, right, right. but it's hard. It's doing, those are hard. They're, they're harder than some in-person ones. Talk about, um, you mentioned briefly some of the other projects that you have. And you mentioned yeah. something that we won't see the network, but tell me what it is that you're going to be doing. Yeah, so it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. So as you know, as we've talked about, sometimes, you know, you don't just exercise a person, you exercise a space. Space, right. And so there are a lot of spaces on Earth, right, that people have bad feelings about that have had over time, lots of terrible things that have happened there and nobody knows what to do about it. So I'm going to be going to one of these locations, one of these famously dark places and, if you will, closing a hell mouth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, it makes me feel like Buffy to say that. <laughs> closing a hell mouth. I feel really good about it. Because a hell mouth would be an opening exactly. to, to, to hell. I mean, it is what it is. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? But it's all, it always makes me think of Buffy when <laughs> I say that. But yeah, it is. It's, it's essentially a portal to, to low frequency, to negative energies, to dark places, which we do have on the planet. I mean, we do. There are places where the veil is very thin. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of things come through. And, you know, we're... I mean, I feel like we're in a time now where... There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world. You know, just like so much unrest and so much hatred and so many negative feelings and so, so many dark things. And it's just kind of nice to be able to, 
I mean, it's weird to do it for TV and primetime and mm-hmm. a network, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's nice to be able to go in and do what I, I think I was born to do and start trying to, to make those places go away so that we have a better shot at being, you know, kinder people. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> you're basically closing the valve. Yes. So, so how do you go about that type of a task? It's going to be hard. You know, it's the same kind of concept as going into the seesaw, but in a smaller space. So, you know, like some of these places, for example, are, and it's it's going to sound cheesy to say this, but I'll, I'll clarify. Like some of these spaces are like really notorious cemeteries. I can assure you it's not the deceased people that are causing the problem. That's why I say it sounds cheesy to say mm. it's a cemetery, but some there's something going on in that space that is beyond deceased people, mm-hmm. you know? So if you think about that space, that location, that's like nowhere near as big as like a hotel <laughs> like that. So it would be the same idea. We have to go through everything. I have to feel out what's there. So I don't know what's there until I get there, right? Then I have to feel it out. I'm like, okay, here I am. This is this is some dark shit. We got to do it, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Right. You can't say no then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I just bring with me all of my supplies. There are many different things that I use. Um, again, sounds kind of cheesy when I, when you say it like this because there are incenses that you use, but mm-hmm. they're they're not incenses like smell nice. They're high vibrational items. Mm. So that's why, for example, the church uses things like frankincense and myrrh. Those are high vibrational cleansing items. So you use that plus your high beings plus the sight plus going through every single bit of that location. Plus, Lord knows what you're going to see on camera and then fighting that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it closes. We, that's that's the hope. I mean, I've had a good success rate so far. Have you so closed Hellmouths before? I, I, <laughs> at this point, yes. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, that seems to me like it would be the hardest thing to do. It's very daunting. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy because you're, you're usually talking to about... Because... I'll say this too. Whenever you have a portal like that, you've got a guardian you have to deal with too. Mm. There's going to be something that's keeping that open. Would it be a realm walker? It depends. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes. But it's nothing small. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's nothing small that's going to be able to keep that protected, if you will. So you have to deal with that plus the actual space, plus the closing, plus the cleansing. So it's, it's quite a lot. Do you ever feel any danger, like that you're in physical danger? You know, I try not to, I don't think about it. Hmm. And here is why. And it's funny that you bring that up because that is part of why I have, I have real mixed reviews on my book uh, on Amazon, which I always say, like, if you want to laugh, go read all those reviews, as you know. Uh, But some of the reasons why I have, some negative reviews are because people are like, she sounds cocky <laughs> in this book. She's mm-hmm, cocky. Mm-hmm. I have to be kind of cocky. Who wants a scared ass an- exercise? Like, <laughs> you don't want that. Who's Who wants that? What are you going to do with that? How am I going to help you? Yeah. We're all screwed if I'm scared. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yes, I, I stay in that power of that place of, of I can do this and I know I can. And I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that I can. So maybe that is cocky. But when you go to a space like this, or even just working on a person, even if it's the smallest thing you deal with, 
you cannot be afraid of it mm -hmm. for any reason, no matter what the hell pops up while you're doing it. Because again, it's always a mystery. <laughs> but they're going to smell it too if, if they know you're not completely confident. Well, that's it. You have to stay in high frequency. How am I going to do that for you or the space or the world or whatever the point is of doing it at that time? If I'm not confident that I can, I'm cracked then. And you can see that in fiction, right? In scripted, where you watch those priests in those movies. Yeah. And then the demon says, you know, hey, I know about when you touch yourself or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, no, you're done. Done. <laughs> you're done. Right. So you can't. You have to go in there with the, with the bigger balls, if you will, <laughs> and do it. And then afterward, you can have a nervous breakdown. That's fine which I sometimes do. Like sometimes after I finish something, I'm like, holy shit, that was a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but you cannot do that during, and you sure can't do that on television. And it's not because you're on television, but it's because I am in charge of their safety, even if they don't believe it or know it. In charge of like the, the crew or? Anybody who's there. Yeah. You know, they, even if they think it's a bunch of bullshit, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. if they do or they don't something will still affect them. I have to make sure that I'm in a place where I can protect them and do the job at the same time. Hmm. You got to have a lot of, a lot of whatever, a lot of right. energy to do that. You, you said something earlier that was interesting to me when you're talking about a haunted house or something, that it's not the house, it's the person. Yes. Is that, is that the case? If it's entity. So deceased people are everywhere and they could easily be in your house. I'm sure they're in your house. Hmm. <laughs> But deceased people are not who attach to you. Not in that way. They can be annoying. They can bother you. Mm -hmm. But they're not sucking energy from you usually. Mm -hmm. That's entity. That's what people consider demons, you know? Mm -hmm. If you think you have an entity in your house, it's attached to you. Mm. For sure. For sure. Which is why, again, going back into like my, my horror genre love, you know, and I know you do too. Mm -hmm. All of those movies you've seen, or even not movies, but stories like from the Warrens or whatever that you've seen where somebody's talking about, well, I moved, I moved five times right. and yeah, it yeah. went with me. Well, that's because it wasn't in the house. Yeah, <laughs> It was with you the whole time. Mm -hmm. You just became aware of it, thought it was the house, thought you'd go away. Moved and <laughs> suddenly it comes again, right? Exactly, exactly. I, I talked to Andrea Perrin. She's one of the girls that was in the Conjuring family. Same thing. So she says, wherever the house I live in, I'm haunted. I'm haunted, not the house. I mean, yeah, that's the truth, mm -hmm. right? She needs to get that taken out. She needs to find the exorcist. Yeah, I got to take it out. But you that's know? the thing. Like, how how do you how do people know to come to you? I mean, now obviously you've got a lot of notoriety with your books and TV and all this other stuff. But is it word of mouth? Do you take out an ad in Exorcist <laughs> Monthly, or how does it work? Well, before uh, when I was, you know, in my house doing my thing. Uh, nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> it was word of mouth. So, you know, it's it's super weird because I think I told you this before. I I am a writer. I, I write for film and television. I've been doing that for a while. Um, and I sold a, a script to uh, a major company and I was at a party of theirs and they introduced me to people and I don't know what these people all do at these parties. So I'm just talking to them, and one of them happened to be a, a reporter for NPR, and so that's kind of how it happened. So, you know, started snowballing that way. But before that, um, and and if you ever look up the article, it, it, 
they call me some kind of, I don't remember, it's like Hollywood's premier exorcist or something. <laughs> the reason why they called me that was because before that moment, I was word of mouth to the point where I was seeing studio heads, rock icons, you know, Oscar winners, people's really families. Cool. But I was also seeing like grandmas and like the girl next door and whatever. And I've always said, and I still I maintain this, that I don't care who you are when you walk in there. Everyone is the same. Everyone is the same because pain is the universal equalizer. Mm. You can't be too rich, right? It's not going to help you not have pain or suffering, right. you know, or too famous. As you know, most famous people have terrible suffering, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. you know. There's nothing that will keep you from having pain or trauma in your life. There's mm -hmm. nothing. So everyone's the same in that space. So, yeah, it was uh, it was all word of mouth. Yeah, <laughs> People would have an experience. They wouldn't know what to do with that experience, but hopefully it was good. And then they would tell somebody else, I had this really weird experience, but mm -hmm. I feel really much better, you know? Uh, and then they would, it just it went and went and went. Is it all fairly... Simple, you've got it down to a science where you see the the, the entity, the spirit, whatever, and boom, or is there some that are harder than others? There's some, you're just like, I can't, I don't have to do with this thing. <laughs> there are some that are harder than others. So far, I've been able to, to get them all, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that I won't come across something that I don't know how to handle yet. Mm. I I learn something new all the time, you know? I can't even say I'm the expert on it because I've seen what I've seen, but are there more? Maybe. I haven't seen them yet, you know? So I feel like I'm always learning and I'm always going through it. And yeah, some of them, I I think I've got it. I'm like, yeah, I know what to do with this, Clive. You know, I got these. These are fine. These are like 30 minutes and it's like pizza delivery. I can take it out. No problem. What's hard though is tricksters. Because, or, yeah, because tricksters, um, people form symbiotic relationships with them. Mm. Meaning? So if you think that your deceased loved one is consistently around you, you're not going to want to release that. Mm. You're not going gotcha. to want to believe that that's something right. different. Right. But you're, the rest of your life will show that evidence mm -hmm. <laughs> because things aren't going the way you want them to. Eventually, you have to come to terms with this, the fact that this might not be. But because it's formed that relationship with you, a lot of times when I take tricksters out of people, they feel empty. Mm. And then they want to call one back. And what will happen is they'll call one back, just energetically, they'll call one back, and it will reappear as the same one that left you, even though it's not. Mm. So there's your deceased loved one again. But it's not your deceased loved one. Nope. And wow. it's not even the same trickster anymore. So why does it do that? Because it's the easiest way to have a relationship with a host that will allow it to feed. Mm, feeding on energy. Yes. So if you think it's great, it gets to stay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point, right? It gets to stay. They don't want to leave. It's a pain to go look for somebody else. It's a pain to, to find people with exact signature matches. It's not easy. Right. Did anybody in your family have any any inkling towards this? Like as far as, is this, no, are you the only one so. in your family that has any type of I, gift? As far as I know. Uh -huh. As far as I know. Is there any other like you in the world at all? 
I mean, I, I'm, there are all kinds of people who have all kinds of ability, mm. you know, um, healing abilities that I don't have, like, uh, you, like the John of Gods of the world, you know, who can yeah. like heal things in the body. There are people who can do that. I mean, shamans can do so much energy work, like even mediums, like they have very specific gifts. I, could, I can't say I'm the only one. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm the only one who does things in the way that I do. That I, I can say. Right. You mentioned shamans and a couple other type of things. Do you, do you ever like read up on that area to see if it can give you extra information on how to deal with these things? Like, are you always constantly training? Did it just, just comes to you? Like, It's a little of both, mm-hmm. I think. You know, most things I just, again, the sound, I know it sounds crazy. But most of the time I'm communing with spirit. I'm I'm open to information and I get the information literally by having that communication, which I guess is what mediums do as well. You know, that's the same idea. But yeah, I mean, I have friends who are shamans and I, I learn from them all the time, like, you know, how they see things versus how I see things. Like I, I did, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Shaman Durek. He's a He's a shaman and here and he worldly uh, as well. And we've been friends a long, long time. And mm. I was on his podcast um, not that long ago. And we were having a conversation of, for you, it's like this. You call it this. I call it this, <laughs> right. you know? And we were like, this is fascinating because it's funny. Like when you actually sit down and say, well, uh, this is this. And he's like, well, in shamanism, we call it this, you know? So it's mm. amusing. Like <laughs> you're like, oh, it's we're all the same, really. You know, right. like we all, and, and it's, the same about religion, you know, like so many people, when they think about exorcism, they only think about priests and they only think about Catholicism, right? But entities have been around since ancient Sumeria. Mm. So who was compelling them out then? Like, mm. what if it's from another culture? You know, all the cultures talk about demons. Uh, many, many cultures talk about demons mm. and their relationship with demons. So, you know, you're talking about people who are witch doctors. You're talking about high priestesses. You're talking about all of these people having some way of ridding the world or ridding people of these demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the same outcome, but just doing it in different ways. Different ways, but it's all energy. Yeah. You know, that's what I think I might be the only person who's kind of pulled all of that together and said, okay, let me tell you people who nothing don't know anything about this, how easy it is to get and how easy it is to rid yourself of it and it's all energy and just kind of combined it all into here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we go. The easy, simple guide <laughs> as to how this works, what it is, and how to get rid of it. So when you, you, you I'm assuming you, you were pitching some of these show ideas to the different networks and, and are, or were they coming to you or do you go into the typical Hollywood meeting and tell them, hey guys, <laughs> I'm Rachel and this is what I do. And this is my idea. It's a little of both, yeah. I guess. You know, um, for the unscripted, that usually comes to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because people are just so fascinated. I think it's because of what you said, actually. It's like, I look this way. Yeah. <laughs> and I do this job. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, I don't know how to wrap my head around this. Right, right. Yeah. You know? So they're like, we should make a show. But that's what I always <laughs> said. Like, it's, you're tailor-made for Hollywood, right? <laughs> Thank you. That's very nice. So you could have your own show <laughs> talking about all of the stuff that you do and be very camera-friendly because of it, which is like, oh, that's a star. She's a star. <laughs> Well, I, I I have to be honest, for a long time, I I resisted doing it. Like I had a lot of companies come to me and say, we'd love to give you a show or we'd love to do this. And I didn't do it. Um, and part of the reason why I didn't do it was because I was like, I don't want to make anything. 
where this comes across as a joke in any way. I'm very protective of it. And not because of my reputation or whatever, because again, you know me, and I think you know that I don't give a shit about (laughs) my (laughs) reputation like at all. But I do care about what people feel about this. And I, I do care that people see something and not hear from other people about what a big joke it is and then be dealing with something themselves and then be afraid to come forward in that because yeah, of that. It. You know what I mean? Right. So I only wanted to do things that showed people the realities of how this is, how hard it is, how effective it is, and how if you're dealing with these things to help yourself, those are the things that I wanted to do. And I wanted to make it, I mean, I hate to call exorcism inviting, but you know, I wanted to make it open, mm-hmm. a communication right? Something that people start talking about and start talking about in a way that that makes sense. Um, because it's a closeted issue, you know? Mm-hmm. And people have so many ideas about whether it's real, whether it's not. They get very adamant and religious and all the things that go into it. And they always say, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, which is a ridiculous notion because there's a lot of science you don't see. Yeah, right. You know, you don't see radio waves. You don't see radio waves, but you see the effect of radio waves. You may not see entity, but you see the effect of entity in the world every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to wait until I was able to properly show that. And now I'm finally at a point where I think think we're doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All the different projects that you have. Yes, I think so. Are there some other things that you mentioned you're going to go close the hell mouth? Are there some other type... Ideas? Is it like a series idea? Or? It might be. Oh, wow. <laughs> it might be. But there are a lot of spaces. And if you think about it, as we said kind of earlier, the spaces are these openings. Not that they can't get in from anywhere else, but these spaces are uh, concentrated darkness. Mm-hmm. Why leave them like this anymore? They're mm-hmm. doing damage. If you come to downtown LA, you can see the damage. Mm-hmm. You see that damage of that one area. You can see it. And it spreads and spreads and spreads like a disease. Why let it spread anymore? There's no point. I know how to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I want to get rid of it now. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. Like I said, it, the whole, I just imagine like when you were first seeing these things and then is it like, it's, like it's kind of would be a little bit intimidating to tell people like I can see something on this person. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everyone thought you were completely off your rocker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I didn't actually come out of the broom closet (laughs) until (laughs) adulthood. Right. Because I I knew what people would say about it. I mean, I was told how people would react to it by my mother, who has since passed, who was like not for it at all and thought maybe I was crazy. Um, And so... You know, I I became a writer. That's what I do. And and I became a, a genre writer, horror writer. I really love writing horror. And I think it's because, at least at that time, I mean, I love it anyway, but I think at that time, what I was trying to do was make sense of my own positioning. You know, mm-hmm. like what what is happening to me? How can I translate that? Writing was the way I could do that. So everything was fine. I was kind of normal, you know, going through just being a writer. It's not really normal, I guess, but you know, yeah. <laughs> as normal as I get. And Eventually, it just became too much to hold in anymore. And eventually, you get to a point, I think, I hope, as people get older, they get to a point where they just are like, you know what? If someone thinks I'm crazy, f*** them. 
Yeah, well, sure. You know, if someone doesn't like what I'm saying, don't listen. Mm-hmm. If someone isn't for me, then that's fine. I let them go. And I embraced what I am, you know? And I started saying, I think this could help people. Maybe I can help people. I'm not going to keep that a secret then. Well, you know, different people have different gifts, right? Like uh, Eddie Van Halen can play guitar better than anybody or Wayne Gretzky's the greatest hockey player. But you have people like yourself and like Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, Amy Bruni's been on the show a couple of times. You just have a gift of seeing things, whether you're a conduit for a ghost or whether you can actually see what you see. You know, if you if you live in that world, which which is not a skeptic, I totally buy it because some people just have different gifts that other people don't. Exactly. Just that yours ends up being in this different realm, this spiritual realm. Right. But it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I mean, we're all here, so we're yeah. all necessary for something. Like even like, <laughs> like I had a, a bulging disc in my back years ago. Oh, that's bad. It, very bad. It's the worst, right? <sighs> and I was told, you need back surgery, you need back surgery, you need back surgery. And I tried epidurals and uh, acupuncture. And what ended up curing it for me, because I was like, I don't want to have back surgery, was was yoga. Actually, DDP Yoga, a very good sponsor for the show and a friend of mine. But doing this yoga, not only was it a physical uh, healing, it was a mental oh, yeah. healing as well. And I think they go hand in hand where you have to believe in it for it to work. If you don't believe it, it's not going to work. So that's a part of kind of what we're talking about. You have to have this faith in something you can't see and believe that it's real. If you can do that, you'll definitely have a whole different outlook, like we said, about the positive side of things. Absolutely. It changes your everything. So mm. one of the things that I do, I, yeah, I even posted on Instagram, mm. is I teach people this thing called the 30-day connection to spirit. And it's the easiest thing in the world, and it takes five minutes to do, and it changes your entire life. So let me just tell you this fun Please. story. Yes. So basically all you do is you find a comfortable place to be, you know, doesn't it can be inside, outside, and night, day, whatever. And you just say, okay, whatever you believe in, you know, you say it out loud. Okay, spirit, universe, angels, God, whatever. Mm-hmm. Please, I'm asking you, come on in here, come into my body and spirit and take out any negative energies, entities, you know, whatever. Whatever is not serving me, please start removing it. You wait until you feel that. Then you feel into the next part, which is being in a space of gratitude. What am I grateful for today? Could be different every day. Could be one thing, Mm -hmm. which will put you in a higher frequency place. And then the third thing you do is you just say, okay, same, same people, (laughs) same angels, universe, whatever. I am ready to receive messages, thoughts, synchronicities, feathers, coins, whatever the hell (laughs) that you want to send my way to show me that I'm on the right path to to show me you're here, whatever. I tell people, start doing this five minutes a day and you don't have to time it. It's like completely intuitive. You just do it till you don't want to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For 30 days straight. That's all you got to do. You can be in your car and do that. I was once at the dentist and did that. Mm -hmm. This is actually true. (laughs) And you will be amazed after 30 days how different you feel. It sounds insane. Mm. It sounds like no way, but you will. And I have this client, one of these Skype session clients who uh, I, I saw like six months ago and he had been a previous client. So I'd seen him like a year ago and he was telling me this time around 
So I did that 30 day connection and I decided to do it for the rest of the year. Mm. And I want to tell you what happened. And he was like, at first I was like, I don't believe this is going to do anything because nobody does. Right. <laughs> right? Most people don't. Most people are like, eh, what's this going to do? Mm-hmm. I tried to meditate. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. It didn't work. So he was like, no, I didn't think it was going to work. And he was like, but then things started to work. Mm. And he was like, I started to feel better. Things didn't bother me as much. I started to notice synchronicities and patterns in the universe I hadn't noticed before. Repeating numbers, you know, uh, animal spirit visitations, things like this. At first, I could brush it off and be like, "Eh, it's probably a coincidence. But it just kept happening. Mm. And it kept happening more specifically. Like, he was like, eventually, I started asking in that third part, can you send me a feather today? And here, I would find a feather under my foot in a parking Mm. lot, you know? And he's like, it got to the point where I couldn't be with the same girlfriend anymore. I couldn't have the same job anymore. There were just things I had to let fall away because they were not where my vibration was anymore. I was going up and they were staying the same. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I still do it every day. And I'm at the point now where I can hear spirit talking to me. I know it sounds crazy, but I can. And he's like, I walk home from work and I walk home the same way every day. And one day I had clearly come in. They said, go the other way. And he's like, Before, I would have been like, this is ridiculous. This is me. I'm just going to keep going. He said, I I listen. And I just turned around and went the other way and ran into someone I hadn't seen in 20 years. Just from going that way, just by listening. Listening to to your your heart, listen to yourself, listen to your... That's what spirit is. It's that connection beyond the mind, beyond what we see 3D, beyond everything that keeps us encapsulated in something that is you know, like a cell, <laughs> because that's, we, we can only accede to what we believe. So if you have put parameters on yourself or the world, quote unquote, has put parameters on you because of trauma or hardship or how you were born or what your circumstances and you believe that, that's where you'll stay. Mm-hmm. The moment you step out of that is when you will receive everything, but you have to unlearn every crappy thing that you were taught about what it is to be a human being on this planet, Hmm. that you are not able to reach certain goals, that you are not meant to be abundant, that you are not meant to have gifts of spirit, that you are not meant to do all these, that these things are fake and what's real is go to work, you know, be sad, (laughs) have a marriage you don't like or Hmm. whatever, whatever those parameters are. None of that is real. That's all bullshit. Hmm. The minute that you realize that and unlearn all of that damage, because you come in with all of those gifts, you come in with your God-given right to talk to your deceased loved ones, your spirit guides, all of that. You can do all of that. Every single person on this planet can, but they're taught they can't. And then they believe it. And they're taught by people who are adults when they're children that that's none of these things are real. Right. Here's how the world works, right? right? right, right this right, is what right. how the world works. And you believe it like gospel. Why? Because you're a child. That's an adult. Mm -hmm. And then you become an adult. And you're like, oh, shit, we don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, as an adult, you know, when you have kids, especially, you're teaching them what you know about the world. But you know you don't know everything about the world. Right. But kids take that as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. you know? So we all did. We all took those things as factual. And, And some of us are raised by traumatized parents. A lot of us are. Right? So we have parents who've had, 
you know, molestation or rape or, or things that they sometimes have not moved past. And so they start to teach children that the world is dangerous and the world is bad and give them trauma and anxiety. And it's nobody's fault, but it's not real. Do you know what I mean? Like it's that just because you're raised that way doesn't mean that that's every experience you'll have, mm-hmm. right? But you have to move beyond that mm-hmm. as a gospel, as mm-hmm. a truth. Mm-hmm. You have to move into that place of power in yourself. Last few things. Um, we're talking so much about positivity and you know how you can get rid of these attachments and stuff. Can these attachments actually physically hurt you and kill you? Or is it just more of in your head? They can, well, they're, I mean, taking that energy off of you definitely will deplete you. So people who even have Clives, for example, have much more anxiety, much more depression, can be suicidal, unfortunately, just depending on what was already going on. So Clive can turn you suicidal and make you pull the trigger, essentially. Potentially, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily the Clive's goal because they want you alive to feed, but, Mm. you know, people are, you know, affected differently. But yeah, as you go up the food chain, they can become more physically dangerous, more in your face, physically dangerous, mm. like you see in movies, but it's very rare. Those like are very rare. Level. That's very rare. So like when the church says that possession is rare, really what they're saying is this kind of possession is rare because they don't really pay attention that much to the others. That That's not true of, of all priests or all of that, but most of the time people aren't paying attention to the lesser attachments. They're just like the big the big boys, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So those are rare, but the lesser attachments are unfortunately not rare. They're not rare because we're traumatized. And they're more of just like kind of spiritual parasites more than anything. Yes, and those are the ones that, you know, are not an immediate danger for you in terms of like, it's going to kill you tonight. It's going to drain (laughs) you. Yes, and that that can cause illness. It can cause mental illness. It can cause a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And over time, which is kind of worse in a way, mm-hmm. because it's like with you all the time, over time, you know? What's your overall goal? I mean, now that you've come so far in the last couple of years with the book and then the TV projects, now you mentioned some some movie things. Like, what what do you want to try and get to as this exorcist as far as, do you want to just help the human race understand about this? Are you going to go one by one and attack these things? Like, <laughs> what could you, what, what on the big picture could you do? I mean, big picture thing. And to speaking cocky. (laughs) (laughs) The word of the the show. (laughs) Big picture. I think the reason that I am here is to help tip the scale, balance the scales back to at least balance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, if not to good, at least less bad. Mm -hmm. Right. And it seems like the way that I'm able to do that is through my work, you know, through, through showing through writing books and showing people how they can help themselves through doing these shows where I do actual closings and actual exorcisms that, you know, isn't of itself, but also doing the scripted work and writing the stories and making the films that show people vignettes of how this works and what it looks like and what it feels like, again, to reach the different people. So it's like, some people read books, right? Some people are going to watch this unscripted thing. Some people are going to go to the movies. Whatever that is, you get to reach all of them while still doing the work. Because, you know, like with The Conjuring, with the Warrens and stuff, they were retired, you know, by the time all these movies came out. Right. So it was cool and unique. Like you got to see like here, here was their story perspective and here's how it worked. And sometimes they, you know, I think in the movies, they always make them like real effective. But as you know... 
a lot of the times it was like mostly a study. We went and we looked and right. it's still there. And, you yeah. know, I think I'm really blessed at this time in my life to be able to be putting these things out, but still doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, because it's at the same time you're seeing this one, one case file as the film, let's say I'm still doing 10 more now. Mm. So it's like from all angles, it's not a retirement story or something from the past. It's, this is real time. This is real life and it's happening now. It makes sense. Last question. You mentioned that you don't want to ever show fear to anybody, but have you ever been scared? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I told you last time, but uh, for for new listeners, uh, uh, I get visitations, what I call bad moons. Um, So that'll happen. It's it's not as regular as it used to be. Thank goodness. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'll get visitations from entities from like sundown to sunup. Different ones all night long. Mm. And they're trying to not really attach, but it's like they're coming to, this is weird to explain, but they're coming to try and get in to see out. Not to stay, but Mm -hmm. to see what I see or how I see them or something. Um, And so they try to push in all night, all these different ones. Mm. And it can be very terrifying because I have seen a lot of these things. So people are like, well, you must be used to what they look like then. So it doesn't scare you anymore. And it's like, it still looks like scary stories to tell in the dark. Like it's still scary Mm -hmm. and they're all different. And sometimes they're real malevolent feelings. So going back to that feeling, even if it looks fairly normal to me, some of them feel worse than others. So you just know this one is older. This one is darker. This one is higher up. This whatever. So for example, you have a trickster, you know, there's like 50 million different tricksters. This one is older. Mm. This one is more malevolent. This one's been around. <laughs> you can feel that. Mm-hmm. And man, when that happens, that's bad. It's bad. And I had one visitation where it was a a trickster, a male, who was standing or presented as male, standing uh, at the side of my bed. And I remember that the face couldn't stay because mm. it wasn't really attached to anyone. It was just trying to form. Mm. So it just kept moving, right? The feature is moving. And it wanted to get a good look at me. So instead of bending forward like someone would do, it bent sideways. Mm. Because it wasn't a person. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> but the malevolence of that. And most recently, I had this crazy talk about New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the shows that I'm developing is a New Orleans-based thriller, supernatural thriller. Mm. But uh, I love it there. And I was there in October, of course. And, uh, <laughs> right? And I was asleep. And I woke up because there was an entity that was specific to location, like to, to New Orleans. It's something I, I never seen mm. exactly like this before. And it was this female figure. And it opened its mouth and rows and rows and rows of teeth. Really? And it was on me, like mm. here. Mm. And here's where things get nuttier. Are you ready? Out of the side of the room, out of the the darkness, comes this man, a huge man with long, dark hair. And the hair was over his face. 
And he took this thing, put it in his hands and walked backwards into the shadows and it was gone. And I sat up (laughs) and this is in a, a house. I sat up and in this bedroom, there's a nightlight. It's one of those projector nightlights where you like, it shows a thing on the ceiling and it was like aquarium fish. It was not on. And I was like, okay. And I had my significant other there. And I was like, she was like, what just happened? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then she's like, I just saw this thing like with teeth and a face and whatever. And that's when we noticed the entire block, all the power was out. And the next day, and and she never sees those things, by the way. Mm -hmm. The next day we checked and it was like the power went out at the exact moment that those things happened. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing research and the guy that I saw was some kind of Native American chief from like way back when from the land. And it was crazy because I didn't even know, I had no idea. I had no idea. So it was like, but oh God, that one was like full terrifying, full terrifying. It was unbelievable. And the fact that someone else had seen it and like, oh man, (laughs) it was bad. (laughs) It's yeah, like I said, it's it's all those types of things that I'm excited to see, you know, you bring to TV and on the screen and all this stuff. And so the last time you're on Talk is Jericho led to this. This time you're on, you're probably going to get like your own movie studio now. Or something like that, right? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind, you know, having a, an <laughs> office the on the lot, Lorraine my own production Warren. company. Exactly. <laughs> awesome to talk to you again. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I still me. have goosebumps from that last story. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's scary, right? I got to get to check out my arm, make sure that that goofy guy isn't still on there from New Orleans. I'm going to, I will look for you. Hey, <laughs> New you. Orleans, crazy place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So one last thing before I let you go, Rachel, are you able to help yourself when these entities visit you or or, or, or get into your house? I have protective tattoos because <laughs> I used to wear jewelry, protective jewelry, and then they'd somehow magically just come off during the night. So yeah, I have it in my skin now. I mean, I have to cleanse myself quite a bit and salt baths and just Palo Santo. I have to clean out my house energetically like every morning, every morning. You cannot, you can't get lazy. You can't just be like, I'm going to have wine tonight and forget about it. It's not a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You can get Rachel's book, Sister of Darkness, wherever books are sold. And follow her on Instagram at rhstavis. And hit me up on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. And let me know if you're going to be on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea when we set sail in January. It's going to be the vacation of a lifetime. So many cool guests. AEW, Kenny Omega, uh, The Young Bucks, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Private Party, Ali, uh, Britt Baker, uh, Hangman Page, Cody. So many people are going to be there. Ric Flair, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, Fozzie's playing Kick-Axe is playing, Dave Spivak Project, Jared James Nichols, Light the Torch. Uh, Jack Slade is going to be on board as the Keeper of the Ice. DDP is going to be doing DDP workshops on the ship. Beyond the Darkness, telling ghost stories. Uh, Chavo Guerrero, Vicky Guerrero, Shaw Guerrero, all the Guerreros that you can think of are going to be there. Book now at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. We are legit 97% sold out. Less than 30 cabins remaining. We want to see you on board. So come join us, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And come see Fozzie doing a couple shows with Nickelback. Uh, next week, August 22nd in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, 
August 24th, Atlantic City, New Jersey. And then Unleashed in the West kicks off in September, September 5th in Denver, September 6th, Colorado Springs, September 7th, Grand Junction, all in Colorado, September 8th, Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, the 11th is at Crystal Bay, Nevada. The 12th is San Francisco. 13th is Sacramento. Las Vegas on the 15th. Don't forget about the sold-out Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles with Iron Maiden. We're uh, supporting them. 18 is San Diego. 19, Tempe, Arizona. 20th, Tucson, Arizona. 21st, El Paso. Then we end off uh, Dallas, Houston, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and Atlanta, Georgia on September 28th. All ticket info and VIP info at FozzyRock.com. Come hang out with us for VIP. We have a great time. We do a mini set just for you. Uh, speaking up just for you, it's a special exclusive. Ric Flair is going to be here on Wednesday talking about one of his greatest rivals and one of his biggest mentors, the late, great Harley Race. Uh, you're only going to hear it here on Talk is Jericho. So have a great weekend. Watch out for Clives. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big, yeah, boy. Yeah.